0: Welcome, everyone, to The Commentarians. Uh, I'm Joe, this month's host.
1: And I am Gina D'Alfonso, a writer and big fan of movies.
0: (laughs) And we're here to talk over your movies. Uh, Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion?
1: Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. (laughs) I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey,
0: this is my podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Joe.
2: (laughs) We are saying that not only have we been wounded,
1: we survive, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't
0: about the isms. Uh, He's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. Uh, welcome, everyone, to The Commentarians. Uh, uh, this is uh, going to be a really fun episode. And of course, as you heard, we have Gina D'Alfonso here. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Really happy to be back.
0: Yeah, this is a really, really great pick that you made. I love this movie so much. If you uh, haven't heard, we're doing uh, the, the Pride and Prejudice. No, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> we're doing Little Women. I See, that's <laughs> my problem. I get all these books confused. We're doing <laughs> Little Women, the 2019 uh, version uh, directed by Greta Gerwig, starring uh, Cersei Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Poe, uh, Eliza Scanlon. Brilliant, brilliant movie.
1: Yeah, it's, I just, um, you know, I went not not knowing what to expect, because, you know, there have been so many little women adaptations over the years of of various qualities, having various strengths. But honestly, this one is my favorite.
0: It it has to be right. Uh, And, you know, and there's been a couple of really great kind of, you know, period pieces about uh, that been coming out. Another one that I loved was Emma. Have you seen Emma?
1: I loved Emma too. That that was the last movie I saw in theaters before the pandemic hit. Oh, so, wow! Yeah. So it's memorable to me, but also yeah. it's just a good movie. It, yeah. it really is.
0: Yeah, and uh, a lot of things. Uh, something that uh, you people in the audience might not know: Emma is actually a remake of the movie Clueless from the nineties. They remade <laughs> it as a period piece, and uh, I don't remember too much about the movie, but uh, she's uh, Emma. She's uh, in like a really big fan of playing chess. Did I get that right?
1: Yeah,
0: sort of something like that. <laughs> so I'm joking, of course. But Emma is another amazing movie. Uh, who was the writer of that? Uh, oh, that was a Jane
1: Austen.
0: Jane Austen, right? So there you go. And again, another beautiful film. And you know, it's just the look of it, the costumes, the dialogue. It's unbelievable. And this is uh, you know another one that I adore. So uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about this movie, the themes of this movie, if you guys, uh, this is the first time you're hearing this, you don't have to be watching it with us, but we will do a countdown and press play, and then you guys press play and we will be into it, but I did want to ask you a little bit before we get into it about uh, the last book you wrote.
1: Well, I, I had I actually had two books come out within a month of each other. One was um, Dorothy and Jack, and one was The Gospel and Dickens. So, which one? Right, did Dorothy you
0: love? Uh, and The Gospel. Oh, geez, that's the one that I totally missed. Uh, Dorothy and Jack, though, is uh, hmm. people are loving that book. Let me tell you, uh,
1: I have had I've had some great feedback on it, which is which is so nice.
0: Yeah, it is such a fascinating read to because we all know C.S. Lewis. You know, uh, a lot of people, even like, you know, not uh, not literary folk, but just regular people know a lot of, B- of C.S. Lewis because they're Christian and all. But just to see the the relationship that he had with his friend, this uh, uh, Dorothy L. Sayers, such an amazing, you, you really pulled something out of that that, uh, that I think not a lot of people knew about. And so I really, really loved finding that
1: out. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was it was so much fun to research and write about. They were just two, two such fascinating people. And I, they, they both had a gift for friendship. They really did. And, mm. and their friendship was just so, so deep and real and funny. And just, you know, all kinds of good things. Yeah. So that that was a joy to
0: So, Uh, We should get into the movie, because I think there's a lot to talk about here, so let's get into it. Uh, We are right now, at least on my DVD, we are at uh, 59 seconds, maybe a minute, and uh, we're right at the quote uh, by Louisa May Alcott. It says, I've had lots of troubles, so I write uh, jolly tales. God, again, I'm terrible at this, but... (laughs) So we're paused there. If you're watching, then we'll do a countdown. And then we can, uh, if not, then that's okay. We're, we're just discussing themes and such. And if you've seen the movie, even better. But uh, let's just get started here. So uh, let me start the countdown. As when I say play, you all press play. Three, two, one, play. Okay. You. Oh. And did you want to talk about the, the quote?
1: Ah, uh, it's just a great quote. And I find it very relatable. And I, I mean, look at her right here, waiting to to um, talk about her work with an editor. I mean, I find that <laughs> tremendously relatable.
0: Yeah. I
2: see, uh... I, every,
1: every writer knows this feeling, this pose, this, you know, just everything. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's, it's a great way to start off the movie. And of course, not what people would expect from Little Women, because everybody knows that little women starts with Christmas won't be Christmas without any presents and so forth. And, yeah. and uh, so uh, already we're into the, the different timeline, which I'm sure we'll have lots of opportunities to talk about.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, for those not watching, she's basically standing outside of her publishers or a publisher's uh, door and just kind of psyching herself up, just like, you know, stealing herself for a second before she walks in and presents her story to them. And yeah, I mean, she, this is a thing that I've noticed about creatives, is creatives know that they're good at what they do, but mm-hmm. it's also that ego that stops them from actually writing. A lot of writer's blocks yeah. come from the ego.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's a double-edged sword, for sure, yeah. And I love the little detail of the ink on her hands. I mean, she just got through saying, well, my friend submitted this to you, and then <laughs> And then you see her nervous hands and you see the ink on them. And it's it's just, this movie is very good. uh, Oftentimes at at little details like that.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah. So gosh, I I can't imagine having, and she, again, we see this later on in the film, uh, getting criticism from, (laughs) from somebody who's not a writer.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's nerve wracking. And, and the guy here, I, I mean, he reads, <laughs> he reads fast. <laughs> yeah. And and you sort of get the impression at first that he's just skimming, but then he starts cutting things. And you're like, okay, well, he must be reading in order to be able to cut things, but he's going really, really fast. Yeah. So. It, What's
0: <laughs> and he's also laughing as he's like flipping through the papers. So he's picking up on something yeah. and yeah, and yeah. And this is a big theme here. Uh, mm-hmm. where he kind of wants the her character to uh to get married
1: yeah and, and um yeah it, and, and just to, I mean we'll, we'll get much more into the marriage thing but just just at the moment'm I'm, I'm just thinking of this huge roller coaster you go through when when um you know, they're, they're looking at it sort of disdainfully. They're making big cuts, but then they say, okay, we'll take it. I mean, <laughs> the emotional roller coaster you go on, it, it, this whole thing is just so incredibly oh. real.
0: Yeah. I, and again, I, I, the, the one thing that I've meditated on, I've like really wondered about, and is that idea of the ego being like you, mm-hmm. creatives, know, they feel that they're geniuses. They're brilliant. They're the smartest people in the world. And then when they actually work, their genius isn't on the paper. It's like, and so I think that that's like for a lot of people, that's something that stops them from writing. It's uh, it creates that writer's block.
1: I think there is something to that. Um, And also I've sort of been on both sides of this because I've been a writer and I've been an editor working with other writers. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, you know, um, I know what it's like to have to tell writers that their their beloved work needs cuts and changes. And sometimes it goes well and sometimes it does not. <laughs> and, and, and I know what it's like to have my work slashed to ribbons too. So, you know, it, it's just, <clears throat> you, you can't be too hard on writers and you can't be too hard on editors when you've been both. <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can sort of understand both sides. And sometimes it's kind of annoying because you want to be able to be, to like, be hard on them and and but you can no, you you just know what it's like from all angles
0: <laughs> yeah and you know this being a movie podcast uh like let me bring up quentin tarantino who is a oh and her she likes her dress on fire the awkwardness <laughs> in this movie is fantastic the little you know oops moments that we've all experienced yeah. and you know it's just it's so charming and delightful but uh anyway i was saying that uh, quentin tarantino he had an editor who you know edited all his films and he and they were great movies a lot of them and then she passed away and so now he's kind of left to himself to edit his own movies and now they're like 4 or 5 hours long there's oh, scenes That's- in, yeah there's scenes in them that don't really you know matter and it's just because again he as a writer, I'm sure as a you know, filmmaker, he believes he's a genius and everything I do is important. And yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. It's interesting you bring that up because I mean, here we have Amy looking at her own work and not being satisfied with it, which I, I think is a very interesting thing in the book is that, um, and uh, may, maybe this was Louisa taking, <laughs> taking out, some subtle uh, revenge on her sister. But but it really is true that in real life, um, May Alcott was considered um, sort of a subpar artist and she loved it very much. But she was ultimately she was not that great. And so that sort of gets worked into the book. It's worked into the movie here. And, it, and it's sort of an interesting angle because, you know, you have these two artistic sisters, but one and I mean, you know, spoilers. One is going to succeed at her art, one and, and one not so much. Right. And, and uh, yeah, so so we're getting we're getting different perspectives and stuff.
0: Yeah, isn't that the worst though? Uh, the, just the the it's a terrifying notion that you love something and you love doing something and it just turns out that you're just not good at it. It's... It it
1: is a terrifying thing. Yeah.
0: Oh man. And. Yeah. And so again, it's, and again, it, maybe you're not good at that thing in itself, but I mean, that's why critics exist because critics and a lot of people yeah. criticize critics. They don't like critics, but they love art. You know, a film critic yeah. loves art and they love film. And so they criticize it because they know what good, what's good and what's bad. And again, it's just an opinion. And, and especially now, you know, a lot of, because of the internet, a lot of mean spirited, horrible people, you know, yeah. criticize the uh, movie and call it criticism, but it's not. And
1: yeah. Um, side note here, and this is, again, very spoilerish, but I think it, it's really interesting that she starts out the movie with Joe and Friedrich and then Amy and Lori. I mean, yeah. Uh, you, I mean, she's going all in here. You, you know, she's not going to be one of these people that sort of lingers on, oh, Joe should have been with Lori, blah, 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 which, you know, some people far <laughs> into that and that's right. fine. But you sort of see right away that the director is like, okay, this is canon. We're sticking with canon. We're gonna make canon as appealing as possible. Yeah. And you know props to her for that. I I I respect that a lot. Yeah. I, I am not one of those people who always who always <laughs> mourned for Joe and Lori. It just As a young reader, it didn't make that much of a difference to me. I was just like, okay, this is what the writer did. We'll go with it. Uh, But and I know a lot. I I have friends who are very into Joe and Friedrich, so you know that that they they really like that. Uh, But I know there are a lot of people who like sort of mourn for Joe and Laurie all the time, which (laughs) uh, it's interesting because it sort of shows you how many responses there can be from different people to the the same story.
0: Sure. But isn't this more true to life though? It's that these lives are much more full than just their, their, you know, their attractions, their, you know, their love partners. It's, it's It's not, it's not just a love story between the girls who want to end up with the guys. It's there's so much more Mm -hmm. to every one of these characters, not just Joe. And all these characters are much more full and brought and brought out. In this film, and I, I just love how what she did with that. Like you, you're so you know these people by the end.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's exactly right. And um, here's little Beth with her piano. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love this piano, by the way. I'm going to be lusting after this piano the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I just um, I just got a piano myself not that long ago.
2: Oh.
1: Uh, I, a refurbished one but it's it's in great shape and um i just i love pianos S- speaking of things you you love at but you love but you're not great at i i play the piano i love it but i mean there was never any question i could be a professional oh. pianist i just love to love it that's uh, all
0: no trust it's me similar. i yeah i cannot play i know that everybody says oh anyone can play guitar no they can't <laughs> i have absolutely no rhythm <laughs> i can't remember the chords i can play like three songs uh Songs with three chords, but it's all very clunky and you know. Yeah. It, it, I just, I'm just it, not good at it, I, and you know, and that's yeah. fine. I love music. Yeah. I love guitar. I love playing it, but I'm just not good at it, and that's okay. You know, it just
1: yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, I, I just I, I love the look on Joe's face when she came out of the theater. That's how I look when I come out of the theater. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I think this this part is this part shows that Gerwig really knows her Austin because for some reason, Austin was into all things German mm-hmm. and you, you don't, I don't think you get that as much in, in the little women book, but you do get it in some of the sequels. And uh, so we're just going to take a little detour into um, this beer hall or whatever it yeah. is and, and German for a bit,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. And that's kind of the great thing about Greta Gerwig and she's, uh, she loves the source material she doesn't mm-hmm, do, she yeah. didn't just pick it up and yeah. try to adapt it. She loves it and wants to. And again, the friendships that she developed, we'll get into that as the movie goes on, but just the, the friendships that they have. And you just know that she w- understands these characters. I,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, it's uh, and again, uh, just everything seems so fun and enjoyable and exciting. Uh,
1: yeah now she does help us out here with seven years earlier, so I think that's the only time she does that and and other than that, we're just gonna jump back and forth without warning and I have to say, I think that the reason she could do this was because it's such a well known story mm-hmm. um, I've never spoken with anyone who watched this movie who didn't know the source material, and I can't imagine what that experience would be like to try to follow it but <laughs> because we know this story, we can, we could keep up and yeah, you couldn't do that with any story.
0: Yeah. And again, I've, I read it one time in high school and I, I could follow it fine. And I, but I, I think a big part of it was that I, I did understand the story. I didn't know the story and you know, it's so, yeah, it's not that hard to follow, but I think, yeah, I think if you know the source material, you're right. It's just that much, you know, that much like easier to follow.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And here we have Joe uh at at a party uh very much like I would say like me. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> I, 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 I've been there a few
1: times myself. <laughs> yeah.
0: Where uh you're basically just standing in the corner, all your friends are having fun and talking to people and you're like, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going oh to stand God, by." I... Yeah,
1: going to go stand by the punch so, bowl and, and and you can tell she really doesn't want to uh, dance with anybody because this guy is heading towards her and she just takes off.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, And here's Lori. Um, I thought this version of Lori was pretty good. Maybe... Maybe a little sluggish sometimes in in these flashback parts. I thought he was better, a little bit better as the grown-up Laurie. But, um, you know, he he does all right.
2: What what
0: is his name? Charlemagne Camberbatch? Camberbatch. I was hoping
1: you knew the pronunciation. It's Timothy, Timothy, but with an accent. So I don't know if you pronounce it differently. Timothy, uh, and I can't even think of his last name. Charlemagne?
0: Charlemagne. <laughs> Ch-
1: Chablis. Don't Chablis.
0: Don't <laughs> there you go. Tom, uh, good old Tommy. Tommy Chablis. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, and but this uh, this is so relatable to me. And I think a lot of our friends, a lot of the mutual people that we know, is at a party. It's just kind of better to just be off, you know, in another room, quietly, yeah. away from you know, the big crowd.
1: The and, and venting and, you know, having a good time. Yeah. Um, I think, I think our friend Timothy, I should just call him Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> I think Laurie looks, looks a good deal younger than Joe. And I mean, that that's, yeah. there's nothing really wrong with that, I guess. And I mean, he's, he's supposed to be a bit immature, um, yeah. in the flashback. So I guess that works. Um, but yeah. It, oh, I love, I love this part. I love the way they staged it out here on, on, mm-hmm. uh, the patio or, not the patio, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, I love the way they staged this and, and <laughs> shot it and just the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, some, of the, some of the dancing they do, I don't know if it's meant to be like a little bit modern or if it's just them horsing around and having a good time, but whatever, it's cute.
0: Yeah. Almost like making fun of the, the kind of fancy dancing they're doing inside, maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden he uh, has a, a fit or something. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And again, but
1: it's the characters, yeah, especially.
0: Yeah, again, beautifully done in a way that shows you how much fun they're having. You know, you yeah. as the audience, we are having fun watching this.
1: Yeah, it's just it's whimsical and it's cute. Uh, wrap around porch, I guess that's what you'd call that. Oh, my, sure. my 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 uh, my mind is is going mushy today. <laughs> Yeah. Too and see this is why flats are better than heels <laughs> yes <laughs> i i will advocate for flats to my dying day
0: yeah here we have meg who hurt her leg and who now has to go home and uh laurie is offering to you know to use his carriage to uh you know help you know letting her borrow his carriage to go home and so
1: I love the way and and I think this is one thing this adaptation does better than any other little women adaptation. I love the scenes in their house where they're all talking over each other all the time.
2: yeah, um,
1: it, yeah and you can hear the dialogue, but they're just like talking like people talk, especially families. Oh yeah and it's so real and I love it because it, you... and it feels so funny.
0: yeah. Because you all understand each other's rhythm, they know they've kind of been able to teach themselves to hone in on who they're talking to. Everybody speaks loud, and so everybody can have this, you know, great, fun conversation. And it doesn't, you know, it's not.
1: And I, I, I love Amy in, here in the middle of all the cacophony, she's just like, I'm Amy, <laughs> you know. I'm her in this movie she's just always she's making sure everybody knows who she is and and uh putting herself forward and it fits the character but it also feels like something that's unique to this adaptation it it just uh amy has just done so incredibly well here and and you see that right from the beginning and i'm glad florence Pugh played her as a little girl i've i've seen some criticism of that because i mean obviously she's a grown woman and it it if you step back and look at it, okay, maybe it feels a little weird, but she just did it so well. <laughs> I yeah, mean, she just did a job at it that I wouldn't want anybody else playing uh, younger Amy.
0: Right, but and here's the thing: is that this is something uh, I think my wife brought up is that uh, Amy, played by Kristen Dunst, was really hated. Not Kristen Dunst, but the character. I don't not...
1: remember that. Yeah, you know what? I have to go back and watch the the. That adaptation sometime because I have forgotten so much. I haven't seen it in ages.
0: Yeah, but
1: um, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, from what I hear, like she was like more bratty. She was like really unlikable and stuff, and 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 so a lot of people just didn't like her as a character. They love the book, they love the movie, you know. Uh, But again, it's just a character that they. She's just such a hateable character. But here, yeah. she's a lot. She's she's still kind of bratty. She's still kind of immature, but is delightful, and you know, not not at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, she just does it with such confidence, and she's so much her own person. Mm-hmm. And you know, Book Amy gets a lot of hate too, and and I think <laughs> previous directors were just trying to take that and and run with it. Yeah, yeah. this is who Amy is. You know, we're just going to do that. But but I think Gerwig really gets inside her head and, and Pew too. And they bring something out that mm-hmm. um, that is just really great and uh, really appealing. And yeah. I mean, you got to hand it to them.
0: Yeah. And, uh, okay. So we're
1: back. We're yeah. back in the future again.
0: <laughs> right. I, I think that she, uh, uh, the director, does really well. Greta does really well. Is when there's letters being writ- read, you actually she she shows the character, the the writer of the letter, like speaking to the camera. And they yeah, do that a I few like that. times. And I really, really like how they did that because it's not just a still shot. They kind of zoom in and zoom out. They, she does a little bit of camera work that makes it feel more personal.
1: Yeah, that, that's a very nice touch.
0: Yeah. And then here so we have... Here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Dissipated older Lori. <laughs> yeah. And, and again... Oh, um that these actors and and credit to the director too they really have a way with Alcott's dialogue um, they uh, they make it they make it sound more natural than it sometimes seemed in the book and it, it I mean you know great credit to them they it, it's, it's a great sense of pacing of rhythm as you said earlier mm-hmm. um, it, it really works well
0: yeah. And I I think a big part of it is uh, they're kind of trying to act like, you know, higher class than they are. Not pretending, but just because they're having fun with it. You know, like, Mm -hmm. hey, like, you know, they're kind of almost like play acting that they're, you know, royalty or something. And I think it just feels more natural that way that they're, you know, sometimes when they talk in these beautiful, you know, poetic language, it's almost like they're pretending to be, you know, at at a higher class than they are. And that's fun. Yeah. And oh boy, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've tr- I, I mean, to have, um, to have written this script and to have figured which pieces to put beside which, you know, which which past scenes should go be juxtaposed with which future scenes. I mean, that's really, that that had to have taken some major, major effort. And again, understanding of the material. Yeah. Um. So so poor Friedrich. I, I keep calling him Friedrich because I don't really know how to pronounce Bear, <laughs> his last name. But often known, uh, I'm just gonna go with Friedrich. You know, it, it it's easier. Um, but yeah, he he takes a lot of flack in general um, for critiquing Joe's writings the way he does. Yeah. And um, you know, it's just I I think. I I think Alcott was trying to make a point here, but I think it sometimes gets lost where she was saying, you know, certain kinds of writings are just like, you know, stupid and you shouldn't do them. Uh, But but we have a lot of voices now who say, you know, you should be able to write whatever genre you want to and have fun with it. You know, don't be so snobbish and and, uh, you know, critical and all that. So, you know, I mean. I guess there's something to be said on each side, but but I really do understand what what point she was trying to make here, which I think is just you know
2: yeah.
1: write what you know, which is you know very common advice, uh, and and um, write sincerely, and and um, you know I think she's just trying to make the point that Joe had a, a bigger gift than that, and yeah. th- than writing like gory. Um, <laughs> like soap opera kind of stories. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, but but there's a lot of, there, there's, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, maybe controversy is too strong a word, but but lots of uh, debate over that. Um,
0: About the I, I, melodramas.
1: I, yeah, melodramas, thank you. I, I'm not the biggest fan of um, when modern adaptations put a girl having like a temper tantrum in, which, <laughs> which she did have in the original book. Um, at which Joe is doing here. Um, I, I don't, I don't think, I, I think she did push back in the original book, but I don't remember her going like quite as, um, incandescent. Yeah. Um, I, I, and this, you know, it, it's kind of a habit that some of these period dramas have because they think it, it like peps up the character. I, I don't really, uh, Andrew Davies adaptation of little Dorrit, which I love, which is a great mini series, but they, they put in a scene like that, that really kind of marred it for me because I don't think a character has to do that. And, 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 um, in order to be an interesting character, but at least it's a little character for Joe because she does have a hot temper. So it's not, (laughs) it's not my favorite part, but I will admit it's not quite out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, and this is kind of a, you know, the, I'm wondering, do you think that that is kind of, because this is like kind of a, you know, I wouldn't, maybe not so far as to say feminist book, but it is about women who are talented and they have the, the ability of being better and being good. And so could it be that uh, we just don't want to see a more subdued uh, character? Like would they kind of try to yeah, re- re- rewrite I history in a way?
1: Yeah. I definitely think there's something of that in it. So um, and, and of course, Al- Alcott was very openly feminist and mm-hmm. um so lots of the things in here are very true to her
2: right.
1: um her way of thinking um to the kinds of things that she would say and write so it, um yeah it, it's not one of those period dramas where it's like oh they just put that in to make it more feminist well no no <laughs> Al- of course not yeah. <laughs> was and she actually said these things so so um with a few exceptions, you know, they stay true to her tone. That there are there are some things later that I'll mention that I thought were a little, uh, the tone wasn't right. But but mm-hmm. by and large, they, they do stay very true to her tone here. You're right. And uh, now yeah. it's Christmas, and um, love these little decorations.
0: Here's what I do love about this, is that sorry, it was what was that? Oh, 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 go ahead. No, what I do love about this is, you know, it's, it is a period piece and it is beautiful, but it's also takes place at a time when things were a little dirtier. Things were a little bit messier, you know, not everything was like, you know, beautiful and primmed and, you know, delightful. And even their hair is a little frazzled and, <laughs> and it looks like it took place at that time. You know, it's still beautiful and still wonderful, but it's, it took place at a time when things weren't as, you know, clean and shiny. And I kind of do they, like that and, they're doing that,
1: you know. Just... And they brought in the detail of Amy's nose from the book, which is cute. And <laughs> <laughs> Has just the right kind of nose for that too. It's, it's a little bit up, so that she can complain about it not being like whatever the nose of the day was supposed to look like.
2: Right.
1: And so this is, I mean, I have a sister, so this is like so true to life. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah,
0: I, I love these this these friendships. These, you know, the, this family is just so close. And they love each other so much, and it, oh, it's, and you feel that. It, I don't know how, like, if it's the dialogue, the acting, but they really, really fit together. Like they, like they've known each other for years.
1: Mm-hmm. It's interesting how Amy, who is the youngest, comes across as so much more mature than Beth. Of course, you could argue that an older actress is playing her, but I think it's just the way they wrote the characters here, mm-hmm. and. And it's kind of like that in the book too. And, um, I, I like that dynamic there's at least one adaptation where they made Beth the youngest sister, but I don't, I didn't really care for that because, um, I I just think it makes for a more complex and interesting sort of dynamic to have the youngest one be more mature in some ways.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: We have a little snow, which is lovely.
0: And, uh, Laura Dern, I yeah, everything in uh, the act, the actors that they picked to play these uh, great. and so great. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, Laura Dern and, you know, the, uh, yeah. uh, Emma Watson and Sushi Ronan. And uh, I think the, the neighbor.
1: It's very well cast. Yeah. Um,
0: just delightful. Uh, Chris Cooper plays, uh, Plays Mister Lawrence, and yeah, it's just so well. Yeah, and we're gonna
1: get Meryl Streep later, who I think was an absolutely inspired pick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are
0: you talking about the father, the dad?
1: Uh, Aunt, uh Meryl Streep is Aunt March.
0: Oh yeah. Oh Meryl. Yeah, that also. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know quite how I feel about this scene. I mean. It's. <laughs> I love how Beth is like. Is this where you say that father would want us to? It's like, okay, we know how this works. We know the drill. This is what happens. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's such an incredibly loving and sweet thing that they do. At the same time, you you kind of almost wish they could have had a little preparation for it. Like they're all excited for breakfast, and they oh, you you have to give your breakfast away.
2: <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> yeah, because they're they're.
1: You have, you kind of feel for them.
0: Yeah, because they're a family with not much, right? They're not. Yeah, uh, exactly.
1: They're a family with not much to begin with, right? And uh, but so... I mean, you know, it, it's it, but but you know the 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 importance of uh, giving to others is is a big theme here, and of course, um, mm-hmm. a, a really good and and strong one. Um, and uh, as we see later, they're going to have their reward.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and how about that for a theme that I kind of picked up uh, watching it this last time? Is the idea that no everybody gets help? Nobody, you know, yeah. the whole "pull pu- pu- yourself up by your own bootstraps" doesn't really happen often. More often than not, we get help. We get somebody who sees us and who says, "You can do something." You, I really appreciate your work, and we help you out. You know, we all get help from somebody to getting where yeah. you know wherever we want to get to, whatever we wherever we're at. And yeah. it's not, it's not, you know, it's not shameful to take or to receive or to give,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: we all need a little help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That there is a, that there's a, a vision of a community here that, that is, um, you know, very, a very, a very inspiring one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <laughs> here they come to back to the even better breakfast. And, yeah. um, yeah, I, I'm going to get later into some more about uh, Louisa's father, Bronson Alcott, and uh, some of his ideals, and how some of his ideals were extremely warped mm. <laughs> and, and bad, and yet, um, that, that's not quite the right way to put it. Let's say he ha- he, he was always sacrificing other people to his ideals.
2: Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he had, I mean, of course he had an influence on Louisa, but... She I mean, she was the one who ended up having to pay the price for his ideals. And so I think while she still has a vision of giving to others, um, I think her vision, she she ended up with being a little bit healthier minded, if you will, a little mm-hmm. bit uh, a lot more realistic and, and uh, uh, with better ideals and visions than her father had. Yeah. Um, I mean, she, her father was just sort of the guy, the guy who, like, you know, dreamed the dreams, and and Louisa was down there in the trenches, just trying to make sure everybody survived long enough to, uh, (laughs) to talk about ideals. (laughs) But it's, it's interesting how you sort of see all that play out in in Louisa's writing because uh, Mr. March, when he gets home. I mean, he's sort of this like saintly figure, but you don't see much of him at all. Like, we we will put him back in the background here, and he will be <laughs> ornamental, and uh, we'll just we'll just tell you he's a good guy, and that's all you really need to know. Because I think, uh, I mean, I've I've heard people say that she almost couldn't deal with all like the conflicts and the tension with him. Like, you know, yeah. she, she believed like he had good ideals, but the results were so bad a lot of the time that he just, you know. She, she just had to keep a lot of that out of her work because she couldn't deal with it, which, oh. you know. I,
0: oh, yeah, that, I, that happened.
1: I mean. So they have the little play here, and it's so yeah. cute.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and back to the future.
0: Yeah. Sleep on the train.
1: I don't know, she so just left. Oh, and so here's knows, um I, I, I find it hard to believe that Joe would just leave without uh telling anybody goodbye, but okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like I mean, yeah, hey, I, I I kind of buy it that she wouldn't tell him, but that yeah. she just up and leave everyone
2: is Yeah, not, that
1: doesn't that doesn't seem quite right, but it, it's a sort of a throwaway thing. So yeah. Every day for new year we are a bunch of ungrateful back
0: neighbors. to the past
1: yeah yeah we're, we're switching back and forth kind of quickly now but <laughs> um, yeah but again the, the 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 juxtapositions uh go together really well um and i like um i like all their colorful mittens
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh and again the same the same neighborhood just a little lighter than it was before in the in the in the future it's darker it's gloomier yeah. and she's walking down the same path but it's like you know it's brighter the colors the the paint is painted uh, you know nicer wait
1: right. yeah good point um and here's Meryl Streep at last and uh <laughs> I just I think she did a really good job well obviously she, she's Meryl Streep but I just I, I loved uh this casting choice
0: yeah and again, uh, a bitter, maybe angry old woman—you would imagine—but is not hated. They don't dislike her. She's not totally mean or angry or a bad person. She's just a little yeah. bit more stern and strict, and you know,
1: prickly and prickly. <laughs> and prickly. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> he also has has plenty yeah. of uh, good points. They made her rather than widowed as she was in the book. They made her single here, and I think that was just so she could like sort of relate to the girls better and, and, and sort of um make her points about either either you have a lot of money or you marry well. <laughs> you right. know, those are your choices. So I, I think I think that's why they did that. I always I would have to look at the book again, but I was kind of surprised she was Mr. March's sister. I always sort of got the feeling like she was a great aunt. Yeah. And not an aunt. But um, I don't know. I, I again, I, I don't remember that clearly from the book. I would have to check. But but you wonder, okay, so how did she end up with all the money, and and her brother end up with nothing? That I mean, that creates an interesting like yeah. question right there that you'd like to see some backstory on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of uh, talking to Joe mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and they're, give
1: her they're, advice. Yeah. And they're talking about Mr. March. And and um again, I'm I'm sort of blurring the line between fact and fiction. Um, it's true that uh, Louise's father uh believed in the education of black children and taught them himself. And so, you know, major kudos to him for that. That was not a popular stance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh so we have to admit the man had his good points. Yeah. But <laughs> um Aunt March is making some points here about how um he hasn't always taken good care of his family, which was true of the real uh, Bronson Alcott again. So you know, um, it just just very interesting and, and complex stuff going on here, and and I think it just adds to it if you know some of the real life history hmm. uh, that was was going on here. that um, the, the Alcotts um, probably most people know that Alcotts were among the New England transcendentalists. Uh, along with Thoreau and Emerson and, and so forth. And so a um, whole lot of ideals going on with that crowd. And some were good and, and some were just kind of like off the charts weird. And um, so, uh, I mean, Louisa really, really just had a wealth of perspective on, you know, it, it, it really is a... a miracle that she ended up with any ideals at all having seen you know how they could go wrong and uh she she could have written like really cynical stuff but yeah <laughs> but, i can but imagine <laughs> she didn't she i mean she she was more realistic and yet she still she still um had this this good v- vision of uh healthy community healthy friendship healthy relationships and and uh, that's that's encouraging. Uh, this scene here with Amy having been, uh, had her hand uh, yeah. paddled in school, I, I, I'm kind of taken aback where she shows it. I mean, that guy hit her hard.
0: Yeah, she's like, she has it wrapped because it's bleeding. <laughs> oh, and... man,
1: she's being a drama queen, but it does look painful. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh. And I love this. Yeah, I mean, and I, I know why so many, you know, of course, it's, it's not just a great story, but these are characters that are a particular they love books, they love reading. And when you know they, they see this beautiful library, they're just in they fall in love with the you know with all the choices, all the options. And,
1: mm-hmm. and Joe
0: sticks her foot in her mouth,
1: and <laughs> <laughs> <That's> to do. <laughs> I like this red She looks like a little red riding hood. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's great color.
0: And here uh, yeah, again, in more things of the time. Uh, they go to school, but they're not, it's not, school doesn't seem to be all that great for women. They just go to Mm -hmm. learn the basics and they wonder if they're they're better off to learn at home. That way they can actually choose their own curriculum and learn what they need to learn to do what they want to do.
1: And, and really study. I mean, you, you sort of get the sense that, um, it's more like gossip and, and goofing off that goes on in that school. And, and, uh, probably, probably, uh, harder to study. <laughs> <in> that <laughs> environment. Than yeah. In
0: and uh, perhaps even going to school to find a, uh, you know, a husband. One would might, you
1: Yeah, know. But that, there may have been some of that, uh, going on too.
0: I mean, that was, that was an all girl school, wasn't it? It's,
1: yeah, but but, in, but it but it yeah, but in some cases, yeah. um, that 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 may also have been true. Mm. Um, this little post office on the tree is <laughs> so cute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
0: then she pulls out a key, and the, she's oh, and I love this.
1: Yeah, this is cute. Um, i don't think they really mention it much but they're doing um they have a club based on um Dickens's the Pickwick papers here and and uh i love this i love how they go all out with the costumes with the mannerisms with just <laughs> like all all of it and it, it's just um it's just again they just like t- take this uh, kind of Unusual idea and just run with it And and really do it upright
0: Yeah And uh, yeah they want to introduce a new member To this group uh, And it's a uh, It's you know It's Timothy Charlemagne uh, A key friend of his (laughs) name
1: Poor guy we probably should look up his real last name I (laughs) I know it starts with CH and for the life of me I can't think of the rest (laughs)
0: Let's just call him (laughs)
2: Laurie
1: We we should we should Friedrich and Lori and and we'll just av- avoid the more difficult um, uh, names. I I cannot think of the the name of the actor who plays John Brooke. Can you? I can't think of his name oh, at all. I got
0: the IMDb pulled up here.
1: Ah, very heavy. Uh,
0: his name is James Norton.
1: Okay, okay. I'm so he sure at least he's... has an easy name. James yeah. Norton is John Brooke. It get easier than that. <laughs>
0: But this is a bit weird, uh, introducing... I mean, because it's it's a club that they have that's four sisters. And so they're members of the club, and they want to introduce a new member. And not just uh, somebody who's not related, but also uh, a boy.
1: And it says a lot that uh, Joe wants to bring him in. It it says, like, what sort of place he already has in the family. I mean, they're basically making him part of the family. Yeah. It's like his initiation into the family. Hmm. and um so it, it just it just tells you a lot just that that uh she invited him in and, and the rest of them decided to go along with it
0: yeah because they they become very close friends with the uh with the family the uh, the the Lawrence's.
1: mm-hmm We don't get to see a lot of uh, Meg's kids, but they're very cute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, again, Uh, yeah, this is uh, jumping back and forth really quickly at this sequence. I never noticed, like I, I, when I sit and watch this movie, I just get so lost in it. I don't pick up on these until like now that we're actually talking about it, that yeah, it flashes back and forth really quickly in these moments, yeah. uh, at this portion of the movie. Take this and find her the best stuff. No, you
2: to live in no I'm not doing that. I'm using... Rugby.
0: And I don't know, maybe uh, worth bringing up, something I didn't bring up uh, in a, f- a few episodes ago, uh, we watched Brooklyn. Uh, mm-hmm. me, and, me and my my wife Katie uh, did an episode on that, and we did, uh-huh. and we talked about, uh, we didn't mention it, but... Uh, you know with spoilers uh there, somebody passes away and yes. you have and it's they're far away from home and just the notion mm-hmm. that that right now is what a lot of people are experiencing and you know mm-hmm. I, I theoretically you already know what happens in the movie you know it's going to happen later but mm-hmm. yeah the, the 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 notion that people are not able to come home that quickly
2: yeah Yeah. At
0: at this time, and and that there there's you know diseases that can kill somebody pretty quickly and suddenly. It's it's pretty terrifying, and I don't know. Can maybe relatable to now to what's happening.
1: Yeah, really is. Uh, Okay, Meg's hair here. We have to talk about. Okay. For those listening at home, I I sent Joe an article yesterday, uh, a blog post from uh, frockflix.com about the hair in this movie and and, and how wildly unhistorically historical it is. And, you know, I'm not a historical hair expert uh, for for the most (laughs) part. I can just sort of go along with it. But why would they do this to Meg's hair here? I mean, she would not wear her hair in pigtails or braids going out for the evening. She would do her (laughs) hair up. And... That is just wildly unflattering to Emma Watson, who is a very pretty woman, mm-hmm. I, I think. And, I mean, why? <laughs> yeah. That... Um, now, that I think th- this article said, and I think there's something to that, that the hair helps you keep track of the era. Like, when they have their hair down, it's the past. When they have their hair up, uh, it, it's the future. So, except for Amy, who seems to have her hair up all the time. Yeah. Um, or most of the time. So, um, you know, I get it, but on the other hand, um, I, I sort of saw what they were saying with, with, uh, that blog post too, that, um, uh, that the hair is just like not true at all to the period in just like any number of ways. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and they could have, you know, that, that they could have done better in that department. You know, I, <laughs> I, I do love this movie. I love so many things about it, but I'm just going to say that hair could use a little work and laura gets slugged (laughs) in the arm and
0: yeah again this is and this is probably one of the moments that uh you know uh, amy's burning
1: this is a famous moment and and i think it's responsible for a lot of the amy hate yeah um not just that she's bratty but This thing that she does, and I mean, they don't shy away from it. They show her doing it. She does it very deliberately, Mm -hmm. you know, very intentionally,
0: and is unregretful until she sees Joe's reaction.
1: Yeah, you know, she believes she
0: did. She had the right to do this.
1: Yeah, and and every creative person in the world just cringes because I mean, you know, you poured your everything you had into this work. It took forever to write. Or to create, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a heinous thing to do. I'm not gonna. No, yeah. <laughs> I, it... <laughs> I'm not gonna soft pedal that. It's a heinous thing to do.
0: Anybody who's written a paper on Microsoft Word when it crashes or it doesn't save, know exactly that fe- that sinking feeling <laughs> in your gut when you're yeah. Yeah, when yeah, you're writing a, something and it just a, goes away.
1: Yeah that that that's a that's a good way to put it.
0: And, yeah, again, just because she wouldn't take her to,
1: yeah, I mean, that that, that's that's where like the the response is all out of proportion to yeah. but you you just don't burn people's books.
0: <laughs> and I forget which author said it, but somebody said that, like nobody understands the fr- the frustration that children feel. When you're a little kid, And you can't do something or you're not allowed to do something or you're not allowed. You're just, it's so overwhelming when you're a little kid. You don't understand everything. And, you know, when she's obviously very young and did something incredibly stupid. But, you know, those little outings mean the world to her. You know, she'd love to be a part of it. And so, I'm not justifying what she did. What she did was horrible. But it's... You know, uh, it's not, uh, you know, it, it's certainly something that a kid might do.
1: Yeah. And she didn't do herself any favors just now when she was like, but you see, I had to find the very best way to hurt you. And that was it. it was like them... <laughs> yeah, I mean... Back up, kid. Start, start that apology over again. You blew it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it's true. I mean, the, that, I mean, she's, She's very young. She has a crush on Lori. I mean, I think they they, they really carry that that uh, storyline through the film pretty well. They do a good job of that. Um, and she she can't bear to be left out, and uh, she retaliates.
0: Yeah. Oh. And again, not not knowing how important that work was for her, it it seemed. You know, not yeah. until afterwards. Not until it, she saw what it did to Joe, she really did know the importance of her writing.
1: Yeah. Although you, uh, if somebody had burned one of Amy's paintings, oh no, that's <laughs> unforgivable.
0: I think, unforgivable. Just, <laughs> I think would, we
1: would have been fire the brimstone. <laughs>
0: and again a little foreshadowing for what's about to happen saying uh skate on the edge of the river because this c- yep. the center is a little, you know, isn't as it's not safe. Yeah. And here comes Amy skating after yeah. them.
1: Yeah, and um I mean, you know, the, these are these are both pretty awful things that the sisters do to each other and you know, I I have to admit that um this is <laughs> this is sisterhood. Sometimes it gets very very dark. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, I um, my sister and I have a good relationship. We we pretty much always have. But uh, I mean, nobody could get under your skin like a sister. Nobody knows what button <laughs> to push. Yeah. Sister, and we push them. <laughs> we do. So uh, into the ice she goes, or yeah. under the ice.
2: Oof.
0: Again, just the the time period looks like so much could get you. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <that's... laughs> I mean, life is just sort of um, a hornet's nest. <laughs> yeah,
0: either you get sent to the war, or you fall through ice, or you you get the scarlet fever, or you you know you fall downstairs. Any number of things can.
1: Mm. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was not an easy time. <laughs> yeah.
0: And maybe this put. Yeah, I think that this put things in perspective. Like, yeah, I should be mad at her, but at any moment, something could happen, and oh, do we really want to be upset
2: mm-hmm. at a
0: time like that? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. and Alcott again did not. Um, shy away from the darker side of life ever. Mm. I, I, I've, um, now I've read elsewhere that, um, she sort of, um, made Beth a little bit more angelic than in real life, which, uh, you know, I don't think anybody could be that angelic in
2: real life. (laughs) So
1: I was really surprised by that. But, um, you know, with, with herself and her other sisters, I mean, she, she really does, Give you the warts and all portrait, and um, and uh, that that's that's good because in that era um, there was there was sort of um, a tendency to make women um, you know saintly in in, uh, oh, yeah. in fiction and and uh, you know even Dickens who I adore does that I mean he's, mm-hmm. he's rather well known for doing that 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 was not one of his strong points so uh, I mean. Right. Fiction like this, literature like this, with very a lot of very realistic girls and women, um, it, it, it made a, a big contribution um, to the culture and, yeah. and just the era in general. So, uh, back in the future again. I don't know if I should be saying back in the future or back in the present, but
2: it,
1: it, it's, <laughs> yeah, I... it, it, it makes sense, I think, to go, talk about going back and forth between past and future. I I sort of hate it that um they don't tell Amy that Beth is so sick mm-hmm. because she's away. Um I mean, I get the reasoning, but I sort of hate it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just um I, I mean, I've I've been on the the um I've been in the position where somebody with a family member withholds um like new news about their health from you for a long time um and i did not like it at all (laughs) and and i so i have a sort of reaction to that i mean it's like you know just you know tell people Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, especially like siblings um family members you have to have to let people know
0: these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I yeah, I cuz I've done that, people in my family have done that. And uh yeah, maybe it's not, you know. A- again, it's yeah. it's to prevent somebody from worrying and you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's uh it's hard to put somebody through something like that, but I think at the end it's probably the best, which you know, I'm now feeling. A bit convicted about. I was uh, I was at work and uh, I have a problem with my hip that I'm getting taken care of now. But the last day, I because I've taken time off of work until I get it taken care of, I I could barely walk and I had to use a shopping cart to get to my car like because I was so unable to get, I couldn't even get to my car. And so I just didn't tell my wife that. I said, you know what, uh, I think I should go to the doctor and just see what he says. And then If you think a few days and I've been, you know, off for a week and a few days ago, I let it slip that I couldn't get to my car, you know, and she was Mm. very distressed about that. And perhaps it's best if she knew (laughs) that way. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I get the temptation not to talk about it. I do. But, but, uh, when you're on the person, you're the person who finds out that, that it was a secret is that's hard. (laughs) I mean, you just just feel like you, you, it's horrible. Not to have known. It's horrible enough, but it's horrible not to have known. Right. Too. And yeah. Basically, just a lose-lose situation.
0: Right. For any number of reasons, because you know, I, I, for me, it's stubbornness. It's like I can do what I, what I, you know, I know what my limitations mm-hmm. are, and I don't, I don't, and she does, or she can at least help me keep limitations up. And when I'm too stubborn to do that, and so yeah, I mean, I think that that's a big part of it. Also, is they know they, they, most people think that they're okay when they might not be. And other people have a better perspective on things like that. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. Um, so
0: yeah, this is uh more when it comes to community. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: this. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say this, this, uh, line coming up here is, is so funny. Um, we're, we're, um, I wait till she says it. Date, yeah. yeah, she's like, I'm going to call you Daisy now. I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, the book, it is in the book that they nickname her Daisy, but I mean, that's just such a clunky way to announce you decided to give somebody a, nick, a random nickname.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't really get that in, in the sense that when uh, when Lori brings it up to her. It's almost like, oh, are they making fun of her? I don't know what they were intending to do with that. Or if it's just a fun girl's, you know.
1: Yeah, and, and that, that sort of brings up a, a point that I want to get into here, which is um, sometimes Alcott gets, I mean, sometimes she's just like moral in a good way. like Like not afraid to say like this is moral and this is not. But sometimes she just gets a little moralistic, which is a different thing. Oh yeah, which is just like it, it, like she's trying to be moral, but you don't really know what she's being moral about <laughs> <laughs> because, like, okay, so so Meg borrowed a dress. And she's having fun at a party and she looks different from usual. And there she's letting them call her Daisy and so forth and so on. And like, this is bad. Okay. But why is this bad? Yeah. I don't know. It's just bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't really get it. It's not like, I mean, I don't think the cleavage is really a problem. At least that doesn't come up and she's not showing that much anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like <laughs> with fuss and feathers and it's like not the real you and, and you're being like, somebody you're not which you know i mean who doesn't do that at a party who doesn't yeah. if you're going to a really nice party who doesn't get dressed up and you know drink a little bit or whatever if that's your thing or and just you know like it, that's just party behavior right it's but not it, like it, that you need to repent of necessarily unless you're like unless you're like getting i, I don't know unless you're like going totally over the top with it
0: Right, but I think, and i I don't know if this is her intention. I'd probably not, but I do know that that's something guys do sometimes when they like a girl, and then they are different than the way that they normally are, you know mm-hmm. uh, here we have we have uh, Meg who decides she's going to dress up and she's going to have fun at this party, and she's going to be a lady and dance and you know because who who doesn't like that but yeah. Lori yeah. doesn't know her that way. He likes her the way she is. And so it's almost mm-hmm. like he thinks he's being helpful to her by telling her, you know, this isn't the real you. Stop being somebody you're not. And, uh, you know, again, an immature kind of reaction to it. Trying to <laughs> tell analysis. her. Yeah. Trying to yeah. be complimentary almost in a mean way to say, no, you, the way you are is, is okay and you shouldn't try to change. When you're kind of ruining it for them, you know. It, it, I, I, like I've done that. I know guys have done that. It's just this, you know. Uh, no, the way you are is the only way you should be because that's who you are. And it's like, come on, it's it is a very immature way of thinking. But
1: yeah, that, that's 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 very insightful. Um, that that it, it when when you put it that way, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Now I don't know, I I don't know if Alcott would have would have uh, said that's what she was doing. I think she was just uh, in one of her moods where like, you know, don't, don't, don't be fancy and pretend to be rich and all that stuff when you're not. But I, right. I, 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 actually liked your take on it better. <laughs> I actually.
0: Um, right. I don't, I, yeah, I have that, no idea uh, if that was her intent, but that's uh, something but that I, I noticed
1: that way when you yeah. put it that way. It works.
0: Yeah. And of course he's very apologetic cause he was, you know, he was trying to be, you know, nice to tell her that she's you know this isn't who you are you should like who you are and come on she can yeah. also be this fancy dressed you know fun loving girl it's not
1: yeah and, and they sort of work it out here where where she's like you know just let me have fun for one night and he's like okay and it yeah they sort of um so they take it in a little bit more of of i think the direction that you're suggesting and and um and it, it works mm-hmm. but um Alcott I mean, I think she probably she and her sisters probably went through a lot of um, what meg goes through you know loving pretty things, wanting nice things, completely unable to afford nice things and um so she does get lets you have a little bit of a window into into what that's like and and here back in the future meg um, paid too much for um Fabric for a dress. And and so they sort of juxtapose that with the party scene and and show her letting her letting her desire for luxury run away with her here. Mm-hmm. And then and then she has to face the music. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah, and so So, yeah, so this is, uh, so you would say this is Alcott trying to say that, yeah, like, you know, if you like fancy things, you'll let your, you know, your, I don't know, you'll get, you'll run away with it and you'll regret it?
1: Yeah, I think in, in a way, and I think maybe some of this was just her struggling with uh, what life was like for, for, um people in her situation, uh, you know, um, always, always striving to be contented mm-hmm. um, with what she had and always feeling discontented underneath. And um, I, I think she's, she's sort of um, exploring that, that difficulty okay. a little bit. And she, she, she does make a, a big thing out of, um, you know, being contented and cheerful with your lot and all that sort of thing. And um, I, I'm sure she had to tell herself that a lot in mm-hmm. her life. Um, but then you see, you see Meg and Amy wanting nice things. Uh, Amy, at least, getting nice things. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, so there's just a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of what life must have been like for her and her sisters mm-hmm. in there. And and this is the part I talked about earlier where, where Amy is sort of facing up to her own limitations as an artist. And, and um, the 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 confidence of this character again, um, you know, she, she's deciding, okay, being an artist won't be my identity. I have to find my identity another way. I have to be a different person. Mm-hmm. And so I think she's sort of exploring what that means, and and, and at the moment she's sort of going the, well, I guess I'm just going to marry money route and um and be a rich person, and that's who I'll be. So,
2: um,
1: so you know that's a temptation, um, but it, it's it, but but she's she still has some things she has to learn too. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I love I love the way um, this film really carries the Joe and Amy tension all the way through. I mean, and, and just the similarities between them, the differences between them. And um, both of them, you know, they, they feel like I have to go out and help support my family. They need me. I have to make good. I have to I have to be the one who does this but they have very different ideas of it. Joe's going to work until she makes money. Amy a- Amy took Aunt March's lessons to heart and she's like, "Okay, I'm going to find a rich guy." Yeah. So, but 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 their goals are so similar. It's interesting because both of them feel like it's up to me to keep this family afloat and they say as much. Yeah. And, and a lot of what Amy says here too is is um very really reflect Alcott's, um, uh, feminism. Um, I mean, Louisa, Louisa was very, um, very much obviously for women earning their own livings. And Amy is saying, you know, it's not fair that I can't go out and earn my own living, but, uh, since I can't, I'm going to find another way to get money. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, very real considerations. Even if, even if she's headed off in the wrong direction, you know, very <laughs> real considerations. Mm.
0: And so, because I found this interesting, because I, I didn't know much about uh, the author, so it seems like, you know, Joe is writing a book, and it's called Little Women, and mm-hmm. she is basically telling her story. You know, mm-hmm. all, you, you know, is. So is this is this like a um, God? What do you call that uh, when the when the work of art reflects on itself, or it it
1: uh, autobiographical novel?
0: Sort of, yeah. Is, is Louisa May Alcott writing a story about a person writing a story about herself? Is it?
1: Well, sort of, yeah. I mean, it's very meta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um,
0: meta. Yeah, that's it, the word it, I was looking for.
1: I mean, Alcott uh, did grow up poor with um, three sisters. And, um, you know, I've already talked about why they were so poor and how her, her father wasn't good at supporting the family. Right. And how Louisa, um, who was the Joe figure in her family, um, was determined to earn all she could and support them and, and did. I mean, Louisa really, really um, became a provider. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's very, very autobiographical. Um, she did have a, a sister, Elizabeth, who died young. Um, the, the, the sisters are very much like her own sisters. Um, I think the mother is very much like her own mother. Um, so yeah. And, and that's why I keep going back to Louisa's own story so often is, I mean, you know, you're supposed to be careful not to blur fact and fiction, but in this case, um, Louisa really was telling her own story quite a mm. lot. Yeah. And this is, this is such a pretty scene, just uh, the lights and the colors and the ocean and everything.
2: Yeah.
0: And so I'm wondering uh, then is uh, for Amy, <laughs> Joe's very physical.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, t- telling the story of Amy not being good at what she loves doing. And again, that doesn't mean she can't paint. She could just paint mm-hmm. for her own enjoyment, but she can't do it uh, as a career. Is that her yeah. talking about herself as, like, a fear that she has? Or is she reflecting no, that, that, her sister?
1: That, that was the, the case with her own sister. Her, her, her youngest sister's real name was May. And uh, May very much wanted to be an artist and actually illustrated an edition of Little Women. I think I think the first edition, but I'm not sure. Oh. And got absolutely raked over the coals for her illustrations by critics. Oh. So and funny. so... Jeez. She sort of, um, I think she, in the end, she sort of came to the same conclusion that um, Amy comes to in, in the story, which is just that, you know, I love this, but I'm not as good as I would want to be. Mm. Um, I don't think, I don't think there was a real Lori. I mean, Amy, uh, May Alcott did get married, um, but... I don't know if there was a friend who played the same role in their lives as Laurie in the book, so mm-hmm. I, I I don't think that there's that same one-to-one sure. um, correspondence. That, but but in a lot of other cases in the story, uh, there are. And um, I love this. I'm very sick, and you must do what I say.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I I love that even angelic little Beth can can milk it when she needs to. <laughs> yeah. So um now we haven't the the war hasn't come into this story much yeah yet. It's very because because their father is there. He was a he's a chaplain in the war. Mm-hmm. Um it is very real. And I think that line about I'm ashamed of my country is a misstep because that's very unalcott like. Uh she actually went off to nurse during the war and by all accounts I've seen she was very patriotic. Yeah. Um and so I um I think that, uh, I, I think that was um, a 21st century adapter trying to imagine what a, eight, a 19th century progressive would say and not getting it quite right.
0: Because, yeah, because again, uh, it,
1: it, it just doesn't fit there.
0: Right. In modern day liberalism, we hate war and all war is evil and war is bad. Not the case in that this time period. It was very much... I, whether you're conservative or liberal you love your country and you you support your country as they went to war for and, and,
1: and the, yeah yeah and the Alcotts to their great credit were abolitionists mm-hmm. and um uh, but I don't think even abolitionists were talking like that then maybe maybe some of them but I don't think it was very common yeah so I, I think again I, I think that's that's a, a, a misstep right there. Right,
0: um, me being a, in you know a, very much a, into anarchism and the history of anarchism and all these points of view. There were people who were very much anti-war of all kinds and and the complete pacifists and hated didn't like the country for because it wasn't anarchist. But again, that was very few and far between. There were a lot of people that I admire in history who you know weren't as anti-america as i would have liked or, you know, or a lot of us, you know, because it w- it wasn't it wasn't in vogue to dislike your country. America was the land of the free. It was a very a very beautiful idea and notion to for all of you know, for all of us to have. And this.
1: I thought, again, we're we're idealists. Yeah. And and it it's an interesting point that i think um i've i've noticed um I mean, in these days of uh, uh, in these recent days of Trumpism and now in these current days of like whatever is going on with <laughs> with Trump out, but still, you know, making a lot of noise. Um, I've seen. I, I've seen a lot of progressives or some progressives anyway, sort of like try to recapture a vision, recapture a vision of America as good, because I think or at least a possible force for good. If it could live up to its ideals, let's put it like that. Yeah. yeah. Because I think, I think they're thinking, okay, we have to have that. If we're going to defeat this, um, this force, we, we have to give people something to aspire to. Mm -hmm. So, um, that that's been an interesting shift that I've, I've noticed. I, I like this, um, Joe and Amy together here. Mm-hmm. I, I think it. I think in the book it was actually Megan, uh, Megan, Joe. I want to say. I, I don't think it was Amy, but I like that they brought them together there for Amy to comfort Joe because Amy is the sister who, who sort of uh, gets what a sacrifice it would be for Joe to sell her hair to cut it and sell it. Right.
2: Um,
1: Amy is the one who likes to look pretty, <laughs> and <laughs> and, um, and so it makes sense to me that she would be the one to sympathize most and, and, you know, people, it's not one of Amy's finer moments when she's like, Oh, Joe, you're one beauty, you know, <laughs> like, <thanks laughs> but, but I mean, that's very Amy and, um, and it does put her in a, a position to, to be sympathetic. Mm-hmm. So um, here she is with Laurie again in the right. future. And trying to um, shake him out of his lethargy or his self pity or or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah,
0: that he's in he's in a bit of a slump.
1: Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't think she's such a bad artist, but then I'm I'm no judge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an art i like what i like as they say and um but i I do get it where like you might you might have some talent you might be able to come up with some good drawings but not be um you know the next uh rembrandt or whatever it is you want to be and um amy is a very much an all-or-nothing person and you know that's that's um that's just the way some of them are. It, it, it's, I mean, we were talking earlier about music and how like you could sort of just play for yourself and enjoy yourself. And, and I guess, I, I mean, I guess that's the way, what Amy's going to do with her artistic talent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's going to, she's, she's going to, um, I don't think she's going to give it up, but I think she's going to do it for herself and, and her loved ones and just not try to be, professional anymore. And, and I mean you got to give her props because she handles it pretty well. She she's um Yeah. She's not falling to pieces over it. And and, and um I like this part here. Yeah.
0: It's just again, the, the, Lori just in love with uh with Joe and mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately Amy in love with Lori.
1: Yeah. And, and that's something I don't really remember from the book. Uh, I, I don't think it was quite that they've really done a great job of like establishing Amy and Lori as a legitimate romantic (laughs) alternative to to, um, Lori and Joe. They they really carry that through very well where, where, um, She's always crushed on him. She's always and and some of the tension with Joe stems from this because she's always felt like she was in competition with Joe for Laurie. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she doesn't want to be the second choice. And and um, yeah, it 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 really works well dramatically, I think.
0: Yeah, because it seems that uh, I keep forgetting uh, her name. But Meg is the beautiful one you know the one mm-hmm. who's going to get the good man you know and joe is the talented one and unfortunately amy is just doesn't have you know
2: <laughs>
0: doesn't have the uh you know the either the talent or the the beauty of course they're all very beautiful but you know in the story yeah. she doesn't have either of those aspects you know of those things but, but
1: she has she has a very strong will yeah and so, somehow or other, she's going to make sure that things work out for herself. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. And, and uh, you got to admire that this whole thing with the Hummels, this is sort of, this is difficult to take because you know, like there's this whole like live family in desperate need over here. And the girls are just like, well, we'll take care of them later. And Beth is like, uh, okay, I guess I'm going to be the one to take care of them. It's like people, <laughs> you know, take this more seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and um and, and it's it, it's just kind of like a a weird thing where like the the hummels are there um like they're there as sort of like this plot device that gets picked up and put back down and and um you know beth takes them seriously but it's a little weird to see nobody else taking them seriously yeah. when their mother is <laughs> I, I mean, back at the beginning, we had them giving up their breakfast and everything for them. And, and now it's just like there's been this, this strange uh, shift. Yeah. I, I don't I don't quite know what I'm getting at, except, except it just feels odd to me. No, yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing that, like, you know, they, they bring in this family, even into the story. They bring in this family and they help them. And then now nobody's, you know, we kind of forgotten them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, then... yeah, and and then uh, poor little Beth um, catches the the scarlet fever from them.
2: Yeah,
1: and uh, you know it's it's sort of like giving me goosebumps to watch her go around spreading it to people. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but um, and I understand the need to condense a story to fit into a movie, but um, it really bums me out that she uh mr lawrence just gave her the piano and it's so great and it's what she's always wanted and she doesn't have time to enjoy it before she comes out with scarlet fever it's just like oh that's not fair (laughs) not that scarlet fever is is something you want in any circumstances but i mean it's just like (laughs) it's just like uh yeah the universe just like all getting together to dump all over you
0: and, yeah, again, if you've had the scarlet fever, you're immune to it. You have the antibodies to protect yourself. And uh, who is it that hasn't
1: had it? Uh, Amy's the only one that hasn't had it. So, so she, she that's why she can go yeah, to Aunt March. Yeah. And which she doesn't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then back back uh, to Beth being sick in the future. Mm-hmm. and invitation. Um, <laughs> And we're coming up to a place where the timeline thing sort of um, to the only place in the film, I think, where the timeline jumping sort of um, doesn't quite work for me. But but we'll get to that when it happens. Okay. It, it's just, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going back and forth with from Beth being sick in the past to Beth being sick in the future, which I mean, poor little Beth, she's sick all the time. And um, yeah, so but
0: but but we'll get more into that in a minute i guess yeah but yeah and just talking about the piano this is like a big theme in this move in this uh story the 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 theme of community helping each other out doing good for others they just mm-hmm. they became friends with this family you know with uh mm-hmm. and so he you know appreciate went over to his house the, the, what's his name um Mr. Mr. Lawrence. Mr. Lawrence inviting her to play the piano whenever she'd like, because it reminds him of, you know, his child who played. Mm -hmm. And so there's that and doing something nice for one another. And then at the end, you know, Mr. Lawrence just gave her the piano because he appreciated her so much.
1: Yeah. It's so sweet.
0: Yeah. And they do have this real (laughs) love for one another. the, The, this community, this these families it's
2: yeah
1: and and um here here we here we get i was just talking about amy's strong will but here we get some glimpses of just how strong joe's will can be and i mean she's like she's she's like basically willing her through willing beth through this sickness willing her to get better again Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: um you know it's it's again uh the the theme of you know uh sibling love and just, and just love for each other and care for each other is, it's very sweet and very moving. Yeah. Um, and I, I jumped the gun a little bit earlier talking about Amy and aunt March and, and, um, learning, if you, you know, know, learning aunt March's lessons, because this, this is where a lot of things, uh, stem from for Amy, where aunt March is, is telling her, okay, you have, you have to support your family and here's how you do it. If you're a woman. So, yeah. um, and And uh they're like, you know, Aunt Marsh, you could just shower them with money if you wanted to <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. but yeah uh, and but but yeah the, this is this is uh the point of some of my earlier references where um A- Amy thinks she's she's gonna have to marry money just to keep everybody going,
0: yeah, and the, cause this is an interesting moment when uh you know she invites Joe to go to europe uh. With her her aunt invites uh, Joe to go to Europe, you know, Aunt March, and then turns around and then takes takes Amy instead.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's beca- and, and, and it's incredibly painful. <laughs> yeah,
0: because and uh, you know I, this is my observation because Joe doesn't want to get married, doesn't want to, you know, doesn't want to be settled down, wants to make her own money. And so what good is Europe to a person like that? Europe is to help you get educated and to get more class, to be more attractive to gentlemen, which now Amy seems to, you know, seems like the better candidate for that.
1: Yeah, she's like, this is the niece who will listen to me and do what I say and benefit from my, my teachings. Incidentally, I, I didn't uh, mention this before, but I, I uh, get a chuckle out of these references to Italians. <laughs> way, way early on, they, they, they have, you know, Laurie's father ran off with an Italian woman. So that there's sort of like a little stain on the family. It's, you've got to watch out for these Italian women. They'll lure you to your doom. <laughs> But I mean that's true to the period it yeah was we, we Italians were were um, among the many many groups <laughs> who, who were uh, sort of uh, looked at askance
2: <laughs>
1: And this is a sweet little uh, scene where she and she Megan and John um, make it up.
0: yeah.
2: My old It's
0: oh all
2: also...
1: sudden. I really can't. I sold the fabric to Sally. So, yeah, it's uh, hmm. John Brooks. It's almost like uh, O. Henry's Gift of the Magi, where like I, <laughs> I, sold... <laughs> yeah. I sold my hair to you. I sold... To buy your watch fob, I sold my watch to buy your hair
2: clips.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they always they always make you read that story in school, and it's just like
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
1: just like one of those my weird stories. <laughs>
0: yeah, mine mine was Beowulf. I hate Beowulf. I don't know why they make oh, people really? read Beowulf.
1: I didn't have to read much of Beowulf. The, the one I read, well, there were a few stories I hated in school. One was The Necklace. Did you ever read Guy uh, de Mappesant's The Necklace? No. That's the worst. <laughs> that story, <laughs> oh, it's it like um, It's just like, it, it's one of those stories, well, oh, well, you were greedy, and so it just ruined your whole life.
0: <laughs> what? Yeah, the most the obvious, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the, the, there's lots of. Stories from that period about uh, the the um, the pitfalls of greed,
2: yeah.
1: um, which you know, I mean, that's an important lesson. But but sometimes it's just like, man, you were hard on that
2: character.
1: <laughs> 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 I mean, we're all greedy sometimes, you know. jeez, it, it, <laughs> but <laughs> read it sometimes, you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> but. Um, we're sort of we're sort of getting to the part I was talking about where it's just like we go back and forth from Beth being sick in the past to being sick in the future, and one is gonna turn out well, one isn't, and yeah. it's just like it kind of bums you out a little bit. Like you you see her recover, then you see her not, and it's just like oh man, that that sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so that's <laughs> I mean I don't know if that's an artistic judgment so much as it's just like that really bums me out. It's just a very subjective emotional response. Yeah.
0: And again, not to, you know, keep bringing it up, but modern day, this is what's happening now. And we can all kind of relate to this thing that is, you know, it's hurting a lot of people and we expect things to be okay, but sometimes they don't.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're exactly right. So here we have, um, Beth in the past, uh, recovering. And uh, <laughs> I think it, it's um, it's kind of, I don't know. It strikes me as kind of mean that they, they left Joe to sleep and they took Beth downstairs. And so yeah. Joe wakes up. Like, what the heck?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> she wakes up like, oh, I'm all better. Oh, shh, don't wake up Joe. Let's just go downstairs.
1: <laughs> Did you have to do that to her? I mean, that would be like the worst suspense of your whole life. So, but, but, uh, so here we have the, the, um, uh, Christmas scene where, um, Mr. March comes home and, and it's really, really sweet and, um,
0: really sweet and a bit of a shock
1: because, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, it turns out it's Bob Odenkirk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. their reactions are just so adorable.
0: Uh, I, I was not expecting this when I first saw. Him. I'm like, oh, Bob Odenkirk's in this. <laughs> this yeah, this UCB comedian, this you know from Mr. Show, and uh, with Bob and David on Netflix, he's just. And then all of a sudden, he's in Little Women.
1: Yeah, just last night I saw him on in something on uh, TCM. They they aired this comedy uh, sketch where um, a bunch of comedians did like this new version of Plan Nine from Outer Space. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and, you know, and, and he was in that and and uh, really funny. So it's kind of funny to see him here as as Mr. March, who who sort of stays in the background and doesn't get to do much. And and, and here's here's what I was talking about. Oh, you know, yeah. we go from that wonderful, happy scene to this awful, awful scene. It's just like, stop jerking my emotions <laughs> around.
0: <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, mirroring the same thing wakes up. She's not in bed. And now she comes down. Joe comes downstairs. Whereas the yeah. series, you
1: know, yeah, literally exactly the same setup, where her mother is sitting there and turns around, and this time Beth isn't behind her, and it's yeah. just like ripped her heart out. Mm-hmm. I mean, not you were going to have your heart ripped out anyway because yeah. you know, Beth dies, but uh, <laughs> the way they do it is just so sad. Uh. this is like uh, this is like one of our cultural things. Um where like the that just like destroys everybody when they when they like first come to it like like Bambi's mother getting killed. Oh yeah. That's Beth, dying. It's one of those
2: things.
1: <laughs> and, and it just it just like slays you.
0: Yeah. And I yeah, I don't know anything about Scarlet Fever. Like it seems like it takes years to you know does it stay with you obviously it doesn't because uh, the rest of them they already had it and they were immune to it but
1: it's... yeah i think i i don't i know very little about it myself i i think the idea was um that she had it and then like it weakened her heart or her immune system or something i'm just sort of uh, spitballing here sure, but but yeah. it left it left permanently weak and so she she um just sort of uh, went into a decline. And then we see Beth at, at Meg's wedding, which is like, just even for all this timeline jumping, this just feels uh, <laughs> strange. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but this is a, a really lovely little scene. And um, I, I love, and it's very much a theme of this movie, how uh, Joe has dreams, Meg has dreams, and they're very different dreams, but they're both valid. I mean, Joe yeah. wants them both to, stay single and go have adventures and Meg wants to marry John and have kids. And she's like, she's like, you know, my dreams are just as good as yours. And it's, it's true. Yeah. Um, and I, I so appreciated that about this movie.
0: Yeah. And another uh, beloved character who goes through something like similar is, uh, Anne, Anne Shirley from Mm -hmm. Anne of Green Gables and Anne of Avonlea. Who I, and I got it. Yeah. I fell in love with it, with that as well. I'm like, ah, it's just a girl's movie. I don't really, well, why are you showing this to me to the, you know, the girl that introduced me to it and I saw it and I'm like, this is an amazing character. This is an amazing, yeah. beautiful, intelligent, and you know, passionate character and does not want to get married, does not, you know, want to want that for her life, but can't resist the fact that she's fell in love and it's not bad for that to happen, you know, yeah, and here, but here we have you know kind of the same argument where this is something Meg wants, it's not something that you know that should be for everyone, and nor is marriage it's it, which, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, this is a Christian podcast, so bringing that into it, it kind of seems like no, that's what. All people should want is marriage and that's what God wants for everyone and it's, it's, it's it creates very uncomfortable you know theologies. yeah I mean
1: that's, that, that that's a very common point of view and as you say it comes from bad theology and and it's a point of view that I'm always railing against uh, yeah. beca- as a, a single woman because you know I think marriage is awesome I would get married if I found the right guy but uh, singleness is is a valid way of life too for a Christian and um, and it's it's good to to just know that um that the they're both viable options so um yeah this, this is really every everybody keeps asking Aunt March to dance and she wants <laughs> <laughs> I mean you gotta look. yeah um but
0: again and, and it shows like as as you know as and you know, I don't know, bitter and angry as she seems, she's loved because there there is goodness to her and there is sweetness to her. It's not, you know, she's not she's not supposed to be an unlikable person, an unlikable yeah. character, I should say.
1: Well, it, it's it's a very interesting relationship here. I mean, she's basically like, yeah, this is my brother who married the wrong woman and you know you're poor and sucks to be you and, <laughs> <laughs> sort, of, and just sort of laughing it off and then it turns out she paid for the wedding and i mean very complex dynamics here i, I had i had a grandmother who was a bit like this but there wasn't all the like laughter and good times <laughs> i mean god rest her soul it was very awkward sometimes and um so you know it, it, this family dynamic is kind of familiar to me and kind of not. And, uh, it's just very interesting. Hmm. And here's this really awkward thing where, no, you don't get to go to Europe. I do.
0: And, yeah, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, uh, Amy is like, why are you so happy that, she, that, that our aunt is going to Europe? <laughs> and it turns out that like, oh yeah, she asked me to go. Amy says.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, Joe is just really, I mean, (laughs) I think Mm. it took every ounce of food she had and, and courage to, to be able to say, I'm I'm happy for you. And, uh, I mean, you, you gotta love her for that. (laughs) She, she did. She, she really stepped up there. Mm. I think this is so cute with, uh, Joe wearing uh, Lori's jacket. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, they're going to have a a very difficult (laughs) scene. Um,
0: And uh, I'm going to post the article that you wrote for uh, Christ in Pop Culture about this. The notion and something that you said in it that I completely uh, relate to is when married couples say that, uh, oh, it's, you know, it, it gets very lonely being married. So you know i i get it you you shouldn't feel so bad cuz marriage can be lonely and the, the you know the, the they they try to be they try to be helpful but it, yeah. it just doesn't work i as a guy what i've been told by many men is oh, i wish i was still single my single days were great i remember oh you you have it really lucky and these men who have you know, amazing, like wonderful wives and kids and you know homes, and they're telling you, oh you, you know, you don't know what you're missing, boy. You, you, you know, I wish I was single still, and I'm like, ah, oh, that, that doesn't help. That,
1: that, that, that had to be tough to hear.
0: Yeah, I'm like, no, just I, and yes, great. You know, it's difficult. Every every situation is difficult, yes, but that doesn't help to hear that you know yeah. it, oh it, I, you know it's lonely it's to not. be married as well so don't you know don't think that things are great it's not it's not it doesn't help to hear
1: yeah um i think i i think here too al, al alcott puts her finger on something where she says you know lori says i gave up everything you wanted me to give up um and i did it for you because i love you and and then joe can't love him back and that's I mean, that, that was not part of his plan <laughs> and, he, yeah. and he, he, poor little guy. He's all at sea. He, he it's like, it wasn't supposed to happen this way, but it, it's very real because sometimes it just, it just does happen that way where like, it seems like the perfect situation only you just don't love the person and you can't force yourself to it. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard, but, but she, again, she's, she's really keeping it real here mm-hmm. and she, she's, I think she, she, ma- she makes a good point here about marriage, not just being like a medium of exchange or, a, or, or, you, you know, there's talk elsewhere about how marriage in their culture is such an economic proposition, hmm. but she, she, she sort of pointing out here that, you know, it can't, a good marriage can't just be like, uh, you give, I give you something and then you love me.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> So you know, there's just a lot of realism I think here, and and um, I think I, I don't know like I said there there are lots of people who who always wanted Joe to end up with with Lori, but I just somehow I, I think it just works, and I, I think they do a good job here. Yeah. In this adaptation of of showing. But it does show, it.
0: and I, I think another movie that shows this really well is uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer, where. Laurie sees how perfect they would be together. He just knows Mm -hmm. it. And it would just be perfect because they, you know, he has everything that she needs and she's everything that he needs and they'd be perfect. But he's looking at it through his own perspective. He's only looking at it through his point of view. Right now, he's in love with her and he thinks that everything would be perfect as opposed to Joe, who sees a a different, you know, her perspective. Like, no, actually, it wouldn't be great. You think it would, but it's not.
1: And that's the tough part of it is that you've got to, <laughs> you've got to take the other person's perspective into account. You know, Yeah. It, it's, it, it's that, that's the hard part. Um, it, so yeah, I, I, think, um, it's, it, it's good stuff right here. It's, you know, it's emotional. You feel for everybody, but mm-hmm. it, it's, it's good stuff. And, um, now we're, we're back here after, um, after Beth's death, and um, so some very talk about emotional,
0: yeah, very, that, that was an emotional <laughs> discussion. Now, this is another powerful and emotional yeah. discussion between uh,
1: yeah, I mean, the, the hits just keep on coming, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but but uh, again, very, very well portrayed. And, and this, this um, picks up what you were just talking about the theme of loneliness, and um just I I mean they're capturing so much here they're capturing about they're they're capturing like the value of you know freedom of of being free to choose the way you want to live and who you want to be with or not be with but then at the same time um you know acknowledging that loneliness comes comes with it too so um yeah. Again, they're, the, the, they're just the, really keeping
0: it's more complicated than just, oh, if I get married, then I'll have everything I want. No, that's not true. And yes, I chose to be single. That doesn't fix mm-hmm. all your, it doesn't take care of that loneliness. You know, it's yeah. not, it's not as simple as like, I choose this thing, therefore everything's going to be great. It's
1: exactly, exactly. You put it very well. Um, that there, yeah. Um, Personally, well, I, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself again, but um, yeah, they're, they're going to show her, like, you know, writing a letter to Lori and, and sort of reconsidering just because she's so lonely. Personally, I think they went a little bit far with it, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> having actually take that step. But um, I mean, it, it all ends up the way it was going to end up anyway. <laughs> so yeah. it, it, it doesn't really matter. But I, I, that, that's an artistic choice I think I wouldn't have made um maybe they're just trying to show how very lonely she is how high the stakes are for her
2: mm-hmm.
1: um i i just it, it seems like taking it a little too far but uh, i i i think it i think it just makes more sense for for her to play out that struggle in her head and not really take steps about it but right that, that's my opinion
0: yeah and okay, so I, I'm a uh, you know I, the cultural impact of this story, the little women. There's a lot of you know, uh, you know, novels about women. A lot of novels that you know, Pride and Prejudice, and you know, I'm sure the Emma and stuff like stuff like this. This one, in particular, I think I don't know if it's because of the kinds of people that I know we we just personally both of us know a lot of writers and a lot of arts fans and is is this impactful to a lot of people or is it in particular to writers and lovers of literature because um you know joe is such a is you know just written so well as a writer the the depiction of her as an artist is done really well
1: yeah, this story is just iconic, really. Um, Alcott, I, as a writer, she's not she's not like one of the great literary artists. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't I think very few people would say that she is, but she could she had such a gift for creating characters. Again, she was drawing from life. But there are people who draw from life and don't manage to make their characters memorable.
2: Oh, I, yeah, um, absolutely.
1: Alcott could do that. She had a real gift for making her characters real and memorable. So real and memorable that that generations have grown up knowing these characters, identifying with one or the other of these characters, um, especially Joe, I think. Um, and, you know, just... Uh, I, I think that... I mean, this book had an enormous, uh, cultural impact. There's a book I'm looking, I'm looking at it right now because it's on my bookshelf. It's called, uh, Meg, Joe, Beth, Amy by, um, R I O U X. I don't know how to say it. Ryu maybe Uh or something like that, but, uh, I recommend it because it really talks about the cultural impact of this story. And, um, I I thought it was uh, pretty well done. Uh Um, it just sort of captures what an enormous influence uh, the book had and still has and probably always will have. Because
0: I, yeah, I think a big part of it is literature. I I just, I, and I think that men don't read as much as women do. Is that possible? Is uh, it-
1: yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that said and, um, uh, but you know, I, I think that um, uh, I I appreciate it when guys are willing to to uh, give so-called women's literature a try, <laughs> like you did. <laughs> I, I appreciate it when they see all the good things that are in it. I, I mean, that is that is great, and I wish we had more of it because these car these these aren't just women's books, really. They're just books, they're, and they're, they're great. Just, books. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well. And, it, it... And, and, They're
1: for everybody. They really are.
0: Well, like in in Christianity, the, you know, the female characters are taught to women. Hey, ladies, this one's for you. We're going to be talking about, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, men can learn from the female characters as well, because they're just stories. They're human stories. Yes, they happen to be women. But they're human stories, and the male stories, the stories can relate. Women can relate to those as well. It's not, and so yeah. again, little women pre- prejudice. Emma, like all... go ahead. Yeah,
1: everybody, like everything. If they will try. Yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, shout out to our friend Timothy here. Whatever his last name is, I, I think <laughs> he, had, he had he handles a very tricky little scene very well. I think. I mean yeah. th- this could be. This would be so difficult to play, I think, because you're going to the woman that you loved. Uh, you were, you went crazy when she she rejected you. Uh, you were in a slump for ages. And now you're in love with her sister. And now you get to tell her all about that. <laughs> I mean, that had to be the most difficult scene. And, and I think he handles it really well. Yeah. I mean, he's just very, very quiet. He's very sincere. Um, you believe him. And I think a lesser, I don't know if a lesser actor could have put it over. Um, You absolutely believe that he loves Amy now, but he still cares about Joe in a different way. Like, like so many fundamental things have shifted for him. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I just, you know, full credit to him for, for pulling that off. Yeah. And of course, And, of course, with Joe, you're just thinking, oh, my gosh, go and get that letter back as fast as you can. I I love the way Florence Q uh, plays this because now she has to face Joe after this. And and, uh, just the relief when Joe is okay with it. It's just just so well done and and so... I mean, it's such a release. Uh, Just
0: Yeah, and so does Joe actually love Lori? Did she just admit it to herself or does she just in that moment felt I'm very lonely right now. I'm, I can't. And Lori likes me. So maybe I should say yes to him. I mean, is she, does she truly want to be single, but just for that moment felt that?
2: I think
1: that's, yeah, I think that's what it was. And, and I think, um, again, I wouldn't have had her go as far as, as actually writing Lori a letter because, um, you know, there's poor old Friedrich still there in the background who she broke things off with. <laughs> and, you know, you sort of, you're sort of like, well, what's up with that? You know, is that ever going to come to anything? And, and, um, so, so there's that sort of plot line dangling yeah. there. You know, you're waiting to see what happens with that. And, and, um, but I think, you know, I, I think it works that she finally, has a concrete reason to say, okay, that Lori thing was just me being really lonely and really needing somebody and, uh, gonna let that go now. But, um, yeah, so, so, um, you know, it, it, it works out. It does.
0: Right. And it's almost like today, uh, they they tell you when you're angry at somebody, type it out, write the letter, write the email out, but just don't send it just need yeah. to get it out on paper just to get it out because again speaking you know going through an argument in your head putting something when you put it on paper it gets it out of you and i've done that a long a lot of times and sometimes embarrassingly so cuz sometimes i i've in the past i've wrote these long rants on facebook and it's just like thoughts keeping me up at night i called them and i just wrote really embarrassing angry <laughs> sometimes sad things and I just yeah. threw it out there, like a like a letter in a bottle, thrown out into the ocean, and not realizing that oh, maybe uh, you know, not everybody needed to hear my crazy rants, <laughs> you know. In yeah, the there, there's
1: a lot to be said, yeah, there's a lot to be said for writing for yourself and nobody else. Yeah, uh, and,
0: and unfortunately, yeah. there was one time that I did it uh, up in while I was in my relationship with Katie. And she had to sit me down and said, look, I understand that you are very person that you, you're you not very private, that you put a lot of things out there, but now it affects me as well. So let's not mm. do that anymore. And, I, <laughs> and I'm like, good idea. And I still have those thoughts. I still have those feelings. Sometimes I write them down. But now I know enough not to let everyone into my <laughs> into my thoughts. That,
1: that, that was wise advice. But, yeah. Um Interesting little parallel here with now Joe burning her own work. Yeah. Um, And um, there was, there was um, something earlier. Oh yeah. I I was going to mention it's like, Joe's the only one that goes and looks at that little post office in the, in the tree anymore. Mm. It's like um, she was able to run and get that letter back because Lori and Amy, when they came home, never even thought of, uh, going and looking at it, and, yeah. and uh, so it, it's like Joe was was the last one, and, and Joe is the one who always, you know, fought against adulthood and and um, wanted to remain in childhood. It, you know, as as independent as she is, and as good as she is at earning a living, in in some ways she's she's very much still um, emotionally uh, still in childhood, and so. I I thought that was an interesting way of, of showing it that she still goes to that mailbox in the woods and nobody else does anymore. Yeah. So here we have another theme, um, that's, that's been, um, sort of pushed throughout the movie, which is that she needs to just write things, Mm -hmm. write, write what she knows, write, um, stories that like really, um, are are simple but meaningful um and uh she's she's fine after sort of like a lifetime of encouragement and critique Mm -hmm. (laughs) from various people wanting her to do that it's interesting that Friedrich and Beth were both sort of pushing her in the same direction yeah because Friedrich was like no you need to be writing you you need to be using your gift in better ways and (laughs) and Beth was just like write write stories for me and um Write, write things about us that, that are the kind of things that I like. And it finally all culminates in her writing um, this book.
0: Yeah. And here, I th- and I think this is a big, you know, reason why so many people love this, especially uh, creatives who,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, the, you see a work, somebody who loves writing, writing and they do this yeah. really really cuz this is a really difficult thing to portray. It's a very boring yeah. process. It's a very long process. It's not entertaining to watch. It's not entertaining to to do. Yet I think that Greta Gerwig did this really well. Was able to portray writing and editing and and again and they do this again where you know uh, Joe is writing a letter and she's speaking to the yeah. camera.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're at, you're so right about the portrayal of the writing process. They, they really pull that off. Well, whereas um, lots of movies are not able to.
0: Mm, yeah. They, they show a couple of clips of somebody just writing, you know, and then boom, it's done. And here it shows you how much time it takes the, you know, how ex- exhausting it is and not fun and really does that really, really well. Yeah. Yeah like
1: this too big so aunt march left joe the house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh
2: <laughs>
1: surprise surprise and um is, i would not want to try to manage that house either i'm with meg there's too much house there but but um you know joe comes with a really good idea for the school and um yeah and 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 that fits again really well with the theme of giving to others and doing things for others i mean she she wants to she she she's not going to lock herself up and be miss havisham (laughs) she she wants to throw this house open to other people for opportunities
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and again using her talent to do to do that Mm -hmm. you know it's and, you know, yeah. she, and again, she she ends up writing a book, but she can also teach other people how to write and how to read and how to appreciate the arts. And it's, 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 we can do so much with our talents that even if you don't do the thing that you wished you could do. And that's something that I learned growing up in, in Los Angeles and Hollywood and talking to art, artists and creatives. Pursue what you love. Pursue mm-hmm. what you love and don't stop doing it. And you might not end up doing the thing you want to do, but you could end up doing something adjacent, something similar that yeah. might not be the thing you wanted. But it'll op- pursuing the thing you love will open other doors, even if you don't, you know,
2: the get
0: to do what you top. want to do. Send
2: me more yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. yeah that, exactly. And going back a bit, I, I like that. Um, Amy, in this in this scene we just saw, was the one to say, um, you know, stories about domestic life should be written about, and, and then that will make people interested in them. I mean, she's got a lot of wisdom there, and it, it's funny how sometimes it, it's the sister, like, you have nothing in common with that ends up being the sister that really gets you, <laughs> and, and that you're closest to. Um, my sister and I are nothing alike, and I think maybe that's why we've been able to have a good relationship paradoxically. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you have siblings. I keep talking about my sister, but um, um, I've just, you know, in a movie about sisters, I just keep drawing on my own experience.
0: No, no, yeah. And that, I, I have an older brother that I do not get along with at all, and a sister wow. that I do, but of course, being siblings, uh, we had really difficult, you know, tumultuous times at times, and... You know, good times and really bad times, and you know, as any family would have, and you know, now we get along very well. So yeah,
1: yeah, it's a relationship like no other. There's nothing else quite like it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that that's that's something that I keep wondering about about the either how how you know marriages are so different because you know when you grow up in a home, that's the only relationships you know, so that's normal. That's the normal way. You think that this is how things should be, and then when you get roommates, or you know, friend, you live with friends, or you, you know, you marry somebody, it's different. And so you think, God, this is really hard. This is not the way it yeah. should be because the only thing you know is your family, and you think that that's how things should be, and and it be, it kind of taints it for every other, you know, live-in mm. relationship that you might have.
1: Hmm. That, that's a really interesting point. So Friedrich is back, and, and the point has been made before by others that um, this Friedrich is kind of younger and like handsomer and and more appealing in general than Friedrichs generally are played in the adaptations. So mm-hmm. I mean, it, you really he really. Um, comes across as a a good romantic interest for joe here and i like i mean i just from here to the end of the movie basically i just love all the dynamics going on with the family i like the amy laurie dynamic Mm
2: -hmm. where she's
1: sort of like has taken him in in charge (laughs) and and, um and he just like sort of um like lets her and and it's just very cute and and um
0: amy doesn't stop being amy
1: yeah and and meg and john have like worked everything out and and even um you know the quiet mr march back in the background gets to be a little bit funny <laughs> and yeah there, there's just uh, this this really all all these relationships and things are just so much fun yeah and um they're gonna get really fun towards the end but but even even here even even before that it's just really sweet
2: yeah
0: and I, I never noticed this before, uh, and I didn't know why you, until you mentioned uh, the relationship that Luisa had with her father. Uh, how the father in this story is is kind of like a side character, not really mm-hmm. in the forefront. This family is basically the sisters and the mom, and her, their, you know, yeah. their friends, and the dad is kind of just there. I, I, yeah, now, now it makes more sense why you know
1: yeah it, it, it really I think it really does uh throw a light on what was going on there
2: mm-hmm.
1: so um and and um I, I think this whole family has just fallen in love with Friedrich and, and uh <laughs> even if Joe's not gonna make him stay they're gonna make him stay and so um this is so cute when she turns around everybody's just staring at her I love yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> it's just adorable <laughs> It, and um, and uh, Mister March is just like, oh well, he's going to be my friend, and Amy is like, shut up, shut up, shut up.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, everybody sees something that she doesn't, and so there.
1: <laughs> I, I know, and it fits the character. I mean, oh yeah, she just she she fought so hard and so long against the idea of ever getting married herself and um, you know it was a valid point back, back um, it, it was a valid choice when she had not met anybody that she wanted to marry but now it's just like and, and Amy's like Laura get it together
2: <laughs> this
1: is so <laughs> cute and, and um, um, so now they're all they all can see it before she can and so they're just absolutely determined okay this is this is uh, this is going to happen. Oh, and this little scene here. I, I, at first, I was like, okay, what's going on here with with uh, the editor and his or the publisher and his wife? Um, I keep calling him editor; he's a publisher. Yeah. But then these kids come in and they're like, we want this story. We want more of this story. Which I think, if I remember correctly, something like that actually happened with uh, Louise's actual novel. Oh. So um, I mean, I love this. It, it's just like these kids are like, well, we want more of this book. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> So and, and this is just so much fun with, like, Meg and Amy are just, like, uh, making <laughs> her go
0: And I, I think that, uh, yeah, uh, Gerwig did a really great job of giving each each sister their own personality. You can even see it here, how Amy yeah. is just so beautifully made up and, you know, their beautiful jacket and, you know, and Laurie, uh, I mean... Uh, Oh, I forget the other, Meg is also, but, you know, in a different way. And, you know, mm-hmm. and Joe is her own self. She's not like these, yeah. her sisters and that's okay. Yeah. Cause she has her own personality and her own interests. And
1: Exactly. Joe is the only one I think who would wear this hat and it's cute. I like yeah. this hat. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe it's not uh, very historically accurate. I don't know. I'm not really up on hats, but I think it's adorable. <laughs> um, so here she is debating, um, how, how her book should end. And here is where we get like truly meta because yeah, yeah. it's just like Joe is like debating the way this whole story that we've been watching should end. Like, should she be single? Should she be married? And um, you mentioned my article about this movie earlier and I, and I touched on this, like, because they're both making valid points again. Yeah. And, and and um you know either way joe wanted to live her life single or married was a valid choice and so i think like gerwig is giving us both of them here and so i mean i like that it's different it's um it's maybe a little discombobulating but i really like (laughs) it because we sort of get to have our cake and eat it too you know
0: (laughs) yeah because she she can you know get her you know get her man and ends up with the guy the way the publisher wants her to and you know the the girls that like that though the readers who like that that ending can have that ending but she's also can be an a a successful writer and a publisher and get her dream so we kind of get like you said get your cake and eat it too you get both
1: yeah, and, and Gerwick said that she was trying to incorporate both the way that Louisa wrote the story and the way that she wanted to write the story. And I really can't think of any uh, any better way to do it yeah. uh, than, than uh, they did here. It, it really is uh, masterfully done, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, As, uh, so
1: so go, go she ahead. sort of teases you, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I, I would say that another, uh, you know another movie is like, uh, and it's going to sound like it's not connecting it at all, but it is in the way that I explain it in the movie Jaws, you know, at the (laughs) end of the movie, they kill the shark and, but the movie doesn't end when they kill the shark. The movie ends a few minutes later as the two main characters, you know, the two surviving characters are floating there and talk to one another and have, because it's not about the shark, it's about them. And so, you know, this is kind of the same thing in that, you know, it's not a story about her getting married. It's about her and what she wants to do and what she wants, and so you get both of these things together.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, you know they, they are still very much taking her economic needs into consideration. Um, she's sitting here arguing over the copyright and and the royalties and so forth mm-hmm. because that matters to Joe. It, it it's. she she she's dead serious about this she still has um family members to take care of and she's not um she's not letting go of that so i mean all of this is sort of blended into this um into this these final scenes yeah it's not just her dream of being a writer although that's very important it's her providing for her family in the way that she always wanted to
0: mm-hmm and again the the publisher he this is how he makes a living he makes a living by buying art and buying you know works of art and selling them and that's how he makes his money and she's like yeah. yes i understand that but i also need to survive i also need to make money off yeah. of the character that i created you know yeah and,
1: and, and, and she said, you know i i did what you wanted about about uh how, getting her married and um so I'm going to, I, I did it from, I, I, I needed the money. I did it because you said I had to do it for the money. And now you're going to give me the money.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly.
1: I mean, that's only fair.
0: Yeah. Then the, the idea that, yes, I, you know, you know how to sell this movie or, or sell this book. So I'm cha- <laughs> I'm making those changes for you and you're going to make a lot of money for it. So I want to, I want to see a little bit of that scratch, you know, <laughs> and again, <laughs> yeah. And again, this is why I ask about why readers and writers love the story so much. You can see her watching her book getting published, getting printed, yeah. and that's just as important. And every writer that I know, including yourself, that moment when you get that book in your hand, I can't imagine how incredible that moment must be.
1: When it's you... a lovely moment. Yeah. <laughs> it really, really <laughs> um it, it's that it, there's there's nothing else quite like it and, and it's it's um it's a wonderful feeling to to open that box to see that book for the first time to hold that book for the first time and so um yeah it, it's but like you say that this uh this movie really uh honors that in in, in a wonderful ways yeah um you very rarely get to watch the actual manufacturing process, but <laughs> where you know, the book is, is just as good. I have to think, I mean, it, I, I, um, it, it's hard to imagine something better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love the, um, I just love the look of this book, the red cover with the gold on it.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and the thing that we haven't brought up is the music.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: It's it's just so beautiful as well. It's it's yeah, it's great.
1: It's a terrific uh, score.
0: You hear the name of the the book, Little Women.
1: Yeah, and, and um she gets to hold it for the first time and that's that's just um Oh and then we get this this one flashback to a time we never got to see before where they're all really little mm-hmm. and um and playing and uh, that's that's very sweet. Yeah. And so everything, I mean, it, it's hard to think really of a better conclusion than this. I mean, everything is just, I mean, everything. And there's been a lot of stuff covered in this movie. It's all just wrapped up in this last moment. I mean, this book to her was a way of preserving that family life that she had and that she loved so much Mm -hmm. and um, and and a way of supporting the family like I said and just the culmination of her own dream it's just like everything is wrapped up in that book and in that moment and it's, it's just beautiful
0: yeah and I think that Greta Gerwig made that decision at the very end a story by Louisa May Alcott at the, mm. Right as the movie ends it, to remember that this is about her or, you know, th- mm. this is a story by her because I think she appreciates the writer, you know, very much.
1: Yeah. Yes. And and uh, I mean, you know, uh, that that's that's a wonderful thing.
0: Yeah. And so, again, as, you know, like you mentioned in your article, like, you know, we, we just talked about at the end of the movie Jaws. It doesn't end with the death of the shark because it's not about the shark. It's about these characters that we've been following. And just like that in this movie, it doesn't end with Joe ending up with her husband. It ends with (laughs) her getting her book. And this is what it's about. It's about her getting what she wants.
1: This is what it's about. Yes. Um, And and, uh, yeah, she just nailed that.
0: Yeah, like you said in in your article and like you just mentioned, it's about both. She it's not it's not a very one it's not a one dimensional story about a girl getting her man the way the the way as it as it shows the publisher wanted. It's not a, what the publisher wanted, it's what Joe wanted. And of course what you know, as you mentioned, Greta Gerwig said, it's what Louisa Malcott wanted.
1: Mhm yeah and so yeah and so the whole theme of marriage is as important as it is it's really secondary here yeah. and um it, it, i mean it, it's interesting how they, they they give it i mean they give it the weight it deserves but it's just not like you say it's just not what it's about
0: yeah so there you go little women based on the story by lucy melancott that uh, Directed by Greta Gerwig, beautifully done. Yeah. Beautifully done. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, any, <laughs> oh, any final thoughts as we watch the credits roll?
1: Uh anything well, else you want to uh, say? I
0: mean, I know we can talk about this forever. It's ah, it's, it's... Uh, it's
1: just um, I, I just. Enjoy. this is the third time I've seen it. I, 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 or no, the fourth, I think. Hmm. Um, anyway, um, it, it, uh, it holds up. <laughs> it yeah. just really does. <laughs> it, it, uh, um, like I said, I I've seen the other adaptations. I, <laughs> here's my deep dark secret that, that I waited till the end to reveal because, uh, people are going to hate me for this, but I always thought Winona Ryder had the wrong look for Joe.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, he, She's so, she's so loved. I mean, all the girls I grew up with loved Winona Ryder as Joe. And I'm always sitting there thinking, but she doesn't look right. And she, she looks, Winona Ryder to me looks so delicate and mm. almost elfin in a way. And I don't think Joe should look like that. So <laughs> I was like always the, the lone dissenter. And, and I couldn't say that up front because then people would turn the podcast off. And not <laughs>
0: Well, I appreciate that as a podcaster.
1: But, but anyway, um, you know, that there, all the adaptations, they, they have had their strengths. Um, but I just think that um, this is the strongest one all around. Yeah.
0: And a really interesting thing to point out is that Cersei Ronan is a beautiful actress and is always made up and shown. And here, her, you know, and I'm not saying that she's not beautiful in this, but it's not front and center she's not made up to be this beautiful gorgeous you know work of art she's yeah. very plain yeah. and she's still beautiful but it's again it's about her strength and it's about her her hair is never done up and made up it's always very frazzled and down and you know and mm-hmm. it's done very very well it's so yeah yeah and again this this book has stood the test of time it's been it's been read over and over and over again it's been published and written about and you know and adapted in so many ways and yeah it's very just great it, again if you if you've been watching it then you know totally worth watching if you haven't seen it i hope you enjoyed our discussion of it but really you you must see it and if you've seen it then see it again cuz it is it is beautiful it's a really really well made movie Yes. Okay. So, Gina, where can we find you?
1: Um, well, I write uh, fairly fairly often for um, Christ in Pop Culture. Actually, I've kind of been slacking off there a little bit, but I, <laughs> I I am working on something for them now. I hope to have it published pretty soon there. Uh, so you can you can find some of my work there, and um, I have a. a relatively new it, it's a few months old uh book review newsletter um it's called dear strange things which is a quote from dorothy parker who's a favorite of mine mm-hmm. and you can find that at dearstrangethings.substack.com. i write book reviews every two weeks just all kinds of books whatever i feel like reviewing that week <laughs> so um stop by and take a look at it yeah thanks and and uh related to this movie a little bit um i have i have an earlier book called one by one which is about singleness and yes. faith and, and so if you want to hear me talk about like some of the same themes we covered here um that's one to look up that came out in 2017
0: yeah uh, yeah. we spoke about that the first time we had you on here uh we you know yes. on the podcast we did uh, old fashioned i recommend that but your book one by one should be an every pastors you know bookshelf if even (laughs) and if you you know buy it for your pastors everyone should read it it is so great so again
1: yeah again these are themes that you could just talk about all day long (laughs) yeah so
0: there you go thank you all for listening gina thank you so much for coming back and being on the podcast you are yeah people love it when you're on so we have we have to do this more often so Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> again so everyone thank you for listening and uh we'll see you next time bye bye bye. you've been listening to the commentarians podcast a raven creek social club production don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram if you like what you heard please leave us a review on itunes if you'd like to support our show visit our patreon page at patreon.com slash the commentarians thank you for listening And until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them
2: with you.